7 o'clock on a Saturday night, and as usual, that means it's time for the other podcast. I'm your host, Robert Stacy McCain. And I'm not. Hello, folks. It's the other guy on the other podcast, John Hogue here. And if I can believe the indication on the control panel in front of me, Diana has joined us from Valdosta. Yes, you can believe your indicators. Oh, boy. Folks, you can Woo-hoo. find my good friend John Hoag's blogging at hoagwash.com. Stacy blogs at uh, the uh, American Spectator from time to time, but mostly at theothermccain.com. And Diana is going to discuss some of her blogging a little bit later down the program. Yes, oh, yeah. Indeed. So Looking forward it, to it. <laughs> but I'm going to start off, instead of Stacy. I'm going to start off with the football news. Oh, no. Oh, yes. I'm not making this. Is this, this possible? <laughs> I'm, I'm not making this up, you know. The Daily Caller is reporting that the uh, that L.A. County will hand out KN95 masks. To the, I think the cat is rubbing on the mic. <laughs> uh, yes. <laughs> bad kitty. Uh, the, the L.A. County is going to hand out KN95 masks to Super Bowl fans. The county's policies require that everyone at a mega outdoor event, and that's anything with more than 5,000 folks, has to wear a mask at all times regardless of uh, their vaccination status. So there's our football news. I, how are you? They're going to have to wear masks at a at a football stadium. That never made sense. Well, it's an indoor stadium. Have you ever been to that stadium? No, they built it okay. after I left L.A. Okay. Um, let me put it this way: um, the only time I have ever been in that stadium, um, my brother, a friend of his, and I went. And we were up in the oxygen mask seats. Frankly, bleed. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. It was all they the the guys on the field were little tiny, uh, little like little tiny figurines. Foosball would have been more uh, evident. Um, and so in your opera glasses, got that right. Anyway, and I do have opera glasses, by the way. <laughs> anyway, right. That usually um, at the opera. <laughs> Hey, if you actually want to see the stage from the seats I usually can afford. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, but the this stadium is, uh, I'm sorry, there is no way, the way the wind, um, I don't care that they say it's a, an indoor stadium. It's not. The wind whips through there. It is freezing cold. It is just, there. no, I'm sorry, nobody needs a mask. Well, by well, the way, a well, oh, heating blanket. <laughs> they're, they're, they're considering it an outdoor event. 
So because the <sighs> I guess because the the windows are so open. Uh, well, it's really just open. a shed. Uh, speaking yeah. of the NFL, uh, to today is the twentieth anniversary of Tom Belichick's decision uh, to make um, to make uh, I mean. Bill Belichick's decision to make Tom Brady the starting quarterback in the Super Bowl. Do you think he did Ooh. a good thing there? <laughs> well, well, no. The the uh, Patriots were at that point fourteen point underdogs. They won the game, and the rest is history. Uh, but of course, the Bucks got eliminated um, uh, last week. Uh, got eliminated from the uh, playoffs. And so uh, Brady is apparently retiring um, and to spend more time with his famous supermodel wife, which, <laughs> boy, it's a hard life. You know what I mean? Anyways, mm-hmm. but uh, tomorrow's playoff games for the AFC championship, uh, the Cincinnati Bengals, will play the Kansas City Chiefs at Kansas City. Go Bengals. I'm, I'm always cheering for whoever plays the Chiefs. I, 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 and well, Vegas this, is saying, though, that the Chiefs are their favorite to actually get into the Super Bowl. You know, the, mm-hmm. let me explain why I'm cheering against the Chiefs. This is hard <laughs> to explain, is that Nick Wright of Fox Sports is oh, a dear. Kansas City native and a huge homer for the Chiefs, okay? So he goes on all the time just ragging on my man, Mac Jones, and, <laughs> and putting down the Patriots and doesn't want to admit his you know, motive of self-interest in this. You, you understand that if, the Chief, that if the Patriots become dominant again, uh, the Chiefs will be SOL as far as future Super Bowls is concerned. So, um, and so, so this is why I'm cheering against the Chiefs all the way. And and so, go Bengals, Joe Burrow. If you're in Cincinnati, I'm behind you, man. And uh, in the late game tomorrow, the San Francisco 49ers will play. Aww. We'll play the L.A. Rams uh, in the COVID Bowl uh, <laughs> down in uh, – what's their governor? What is that? Governor Hairgel. Governor Hairgel. Yeah, what's Newsom. Newsom. Newsom, yeah. Newsom. Gavin Newsom. Gavin Newsom. Newsom. Or Noisom, depending on how much you dislike him. And, and I, I, I'm, I'm going to be cheering for the Niners in that game simply because they're the uh, wild card team – and uh, got there, and and Jimmy Garoppolo, Jimmy G, who uh, at one point was backup, the backup quarterback to Tom Brady. Jimmy G is you know kind of the underdog in that game. I'm rooting for the San Andreas Fault. <laughs> oh. well, uh, okay then. So so there is your football update here on the first <laughs> post college season Saturday of the year. <laughs> Well, now that, now that we've done our due diligence about that, let's turn Diana loose. Okay. Now, um, I'm going to talk a little tiny bit, not too much, about due diligence. Um, frankly, it's not being done. Um, 
Uh, okay. Um, I got this, uh, Stacy, a few weeks ago, you me- actually about three months ago, forgive me, you mentioned the Prostasia uh, Foundation, and I said, oh, them. Um, there's oh. a reason for that, which I'm not going to go into. It, it goes on too long for this podcast. But um, about a week ago, um, somebody sent me a video somebody I know sent me a link to a video by shoe on head. Let's, I don't we know anything about shoe on head. I don't, I don't know a thing about the young woman. I would appreciate hearing from her if she knows anything about me. Um, but, uh, I'm not going to get into that too much anyway with the question is what she's saying true. Um, and, um, I have to be on my blog. I deal with only nonprofit issues. I deal solely with um, looking at how, uh, in this article I wrote, I dealt with how I would do a due diligence report, which is basically really neutral, just the facts. And my response to this, um, I, I did this, and I'm looking at this, and my response was, you know, I have opinions. All right. Just ask me and I'll share them. So essentially, what this Prostasia Foundation um, is uh, pretending to advocate is for abstinence education for pedophile, uh, uh, possible offenders, uh, pedophiles. (gasps) You know. And um, you know, in um, liberals all scornfully reply, oh, abstinence education doesn't work. You, 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 you um, fundamentalists, you're such idiots. You, you. That's exactly what this is. Um, the problems associated with it are the following. Um, they're saying that uh, fantasy drawings don't hurt anybody, so they should be okay um, of child pornography that child sex dolls should be okay. Uh, don't get me started. Um, draw um, All of this stuff about how fantasy is fine and all of this stuff. And also they want the elimination of the sex offender registry and they want laws reformed that are intended to protect sex workers in general, to be honest, um, not just uh, child sex workers. They say that laws designed to protect child sex workers uh, infringe the rights, the civil rights of uh, adult sex workers. Well, not every single adult sex worker is a volunteer. Um, Almost no no child sex workers would be, and I wouldn't even understand why it would be legal any place. It should not be legal. The thing is, they're pretending, the pretense here, the weasel words, are that they have a zero tolerance policy for child child sexual abuse, and that the way to approach it is not with emotion, but with uh, research. Well, I'm sorry. This is nonsense. These are weasel words. It is one thing to teach people, to teach young people abstinence so that they um, mature into a proper sexual relationship in a monogamous committed marriage, as opposed to, or at least knowing, having some faint idea what they're doing, um, as opposed to um, 
uh, pretending that you can teach kids about safe sex. They can't remember to pick up their rooms. What are you doing? Anyway, but no pedophile can possibly abstain and finally turn his, her, its uh, fantasy into reality in a good fashion. So this kind of abstinence education ain't gonna work. Okay, period. And it's evil. This is a wicked, wicked thing. My point was when I looked at who is, I'm not too worried about the um, individuals who actually contribute to this because obviously there's something wrong with them. And, you know, I hope somebody's tracking this. But Amazon Smiles, Benevity, and Fidelity Workplace, Work Marketplace. Who's doing their due diligence? If I was looking at this, the way that I'd write the report should tell them that this is an inter- that this is a terrible idea. Do not give to these people. But nobody's clearly nobody's doing the due diligence. Listen to what the Amazon Smiles program says about them. Our mission, that is Prostasia. Is to ensure that the elim- is to ensure that the elimination of child sexual abuse is achieved consistently with the highest values of the society that we would like our children to grow up in. Parse okay. that. Well, yeah, uh, our I, I, children is the key phrase here. Let me tell you oh. something: these people do not have children. Okay, this is one, they do not have relationships with adults. Mm -hmm. Okay, Mm -hmm. let me tell you that one of the things, and and years ago, I mean years ago, Mm -hmm. uh, 20 years ago, I uh, happened to be doing some reporting on this subject. A woman Mm -hmm. came out with a book that was advocating for a sort of tolerance policy and um, and and it became very controversial. And I wrote, I, I interviewed her and wrote an article about about it for the Washington Times. And uh, and I t- talked to I, I don't know if you know who Judith Reisman was. Oh, Judith, I do. Yeah, she wrote the book on Kinsey. She was the one who exposed mm-hmm. Kinsey's uh, uh, pedophile problem. The oh. what goes on here? Uh, is that to the pedophile, okay, mom is the enemy, right? Okay, the mother, the caretaker, okay, who is to protect the child, mom is the enemy. Do you see what I'm saying here? So that subverting mom, okay, getting the children out from under their mother's, you know, uh, uh, mama grizzly bear kind Mm -hmm. of protection, that's what the pedophile is all about. And uh, we, we have some um, experience uh, relevant to that that we won't go into here. Yeah, but it, uh, uh, at least we're not likely to be sued uh, about that again. <sighs> but anyway. Uh, but, Rest you know, but, <laughs> but, you know, here's, here's the thing. We have a collective species memory 
about mm-hmm. things that work and things that don't work and things that are harmful and things that are profitable. And, mm-hmm. you know, the way that people are trying to get us to give up, you know, what has been ingrained in us throughout well, even going back before the beginning of the Holocene era, you know, uh, back when we were still in the trees, you know. I was never in the trees. <laughs> you never I was in the implication. You, 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 well, you were in the trees. Anyway, Some of my ancestors I mean, may have painted themselves blue and worship trees, but I'm not. <laughs> but that's as far as I'll go. Uh, in any case. But, you know, but the thing is, is that it's interesting how this that we have these collective memories uh, and, they can wind, and so how some of them can wind up being false. Um, mm. This uh, week is the anniversary of Challenger blowing up. I guess. And, um, you know, I've seen all sorts of stuff on the, uh, particularly on Twitter, Twitter about people uh, describing their memories of what happened and you read mm. it and that isn't what happened. I mean, people have developed a whole series of false memories associated with uh, some of these events. And, you know, I, I, I actually, you know, that led me to put up, put up a post at, at Hogwash basically describing what I was doing. You know, that's one of those th- times when I remember where I was and what was going mm. on. It's like with the Kennedy assassination and Reagan being shot and mm. a, few, a few other things. You know, I remember because I was setting up some lab work. Uh, and the equipment I was working on required that I have a very clean video signal to synchronize some of the things that are going on. Well, back then uh, at a company that was in, associated with the cable TV industry, gee, where can we get a clean video signal 24-7? We, so we just basically had a downlink receiver running with CNN all the time. Because whether you liked what they were programming or not, they had clean, uh, technically clean video. So I, uh, I grabbed the patch cable and plugged CNN into what I was working on and looked at the monitor to make sure that, you know, the feed was up. And I, it was just as the engines were lighting underneath uh, the space shuttle. Wait and then I, I, I started uh, working on what I was doing, and there was this puff of white in the corner of my eye, and I looked over and saw that things were going very wrong. Mm-hmm. So that, that, that's my memory of the event. Uh, and and then you know I turned the audio uh, feed on to listen to what was uh, being said. It was real obvious that no one knew what was going on. So I kind of went out and took into the rest of the lab and said, "Hey guys, the shuttle just blew up." Uh, <laughs> you know, and it's it was interesting. We had wait wait you were working at a radio station. No, I was working in at Nashville. A, no, when when Dr. King was assassinated. Oh yes, I remember. And you were working at NASA. No, when the Challenger. Exploded. No, I wasn't working at NASA. I was working at a company uh, that made equipment for the uh, satellite communications industry. We made a lot of the equipment that allowed uh, cable companies to downlink stereo audio feeds from things like MTV and put them out over the cable oh, system. All right. Okay. I'm just, no, I'm just um, clearing up that you you always seem to be near the scene of national well, natural the, disaster. Actual, well, the, well, no, right out the back door, you know, the, the company that did our metal work for our products that we put their bo- the metal boxes in uh, also made stuff for 
aerospace industry. And mm. within 30 minutes, they had FBI agents uh, uh, there oh. getting their paperwork for the stuff they'd sold to Rockwell for the shuttle. Yeah. Huh. I mean, it you was know, amazing uh, how quick the response well, I, was. I, I was, I was, I was working, I was driving a forklift in a warehouse <laughs> on Fulton Industrial <laughs> Boulevard, but we'll get to that. Well, well you know, well. I was, I was home that day because I had, I was so sick. I had some flu, don't really know. Anyway, I had a stupidly high fever. I put the TV on because... I had the TV on and um, it came across and I have to tell you the sense of unreality of watching it still lingers. It, it just, I was feverish and feeling really strange and watching this happen was so weird. Oh yeah. <laughs> I, I just have no it's words just, for it. Well, yeah. On the other hand, you know, we have these uh, people who've developed mass false memories about that. But then again, uh, this week we had everybody blog about mass formation psychosis mm -hmm. day. Yes, and it's and and Weird. by the way, I was just I was just checking uh, the the twitters for uh, mass formation psychosis, and it has really taken hold strong here. This this Good. meme. Um, Thursday uh, last last week after. Uh, discovering some news, I decided that to declare Thursday would be everybody blog about mass formation psychosis day. Now, I have to explain what this is about. Okay. Um, the Biden administration is attempting to control the narrative about COVID, right? Okay. Mm -hmm. uh, that, that, uh, and, and this, um, a, um, a guy, Dr. Robert Malone, uh, borrowing on uh, uh, some ideas by a uh, European researcher, uh, talked about mass formation psychosis in terms of the craziness that has developed Mm. around COVID-19 quite generally. Uh, Darren Beatty, and if you don't know who Darren Beatty is, he was a uh, at one point a speechwriter for the Trump um, mm -hmm. uh, the Trump President Trump and then somebody he had spoken at an event with uh, the politically incorrect people and so therefore was uh, uh, driven out of the White House in, in the Trump mm -hmm. era. Dara Beatty uh, wrote a piece at Revolver talking about uh, what's going on. Um, that what has happened is, is, that, is that now that the Biden administration is in charge, they want COVID to go away. Right? <laughs> okay, because they, hey, we solved the problem. We got the vaccine. And he says... Through mass formation psychosis, the ruling class left seems to have finally memed its true believers into a pattern that it can't talk them out of. For two years, mm -hmm. they sowed panic by promoting the cult of the mask, the cult of the lockdown, and the cult of the vaccine. Now they can't suppress the, the cults they have created. Mm -hmm. And so, and so, this is about how uh, political propaganda, so to speak, 
takes mm-hmm. on a life of its own in the mind of the people. Well, yeah, mm-hmm. and basically what you've got going on here is um, you've created a sect within a secular religion mm-hmm. uh, that is now was the the preferred uh, view of the secular religion, but now has to be treated as if it's heretical. Mm-hmm. And so that, you know, so, you know, and there are a bunch of people who are just uh, saying, no, no, we're true believers. We're not heretics. <laughs> and so you have uh, people like um, uh, Neil Young. Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, but we'll a Southern to- man don't need him around anyhow. Hey, but- there's a lot more to that story, but let's just hey, ignore well, it. It's well, more we'll fun. S- but your your interpretation is a lot more fun. Well, let's stay <laughs> well, on this well, subject. Well, hold it. Uh, uh, imagine, if you will, <laughs> Spotify without the music of elderly boomers. Well, I won't miss Joni Mitchell, except in a couple of cases, so... Well, don't it know? And Peter Frampton, I won't miss at all. Neil Young, I have the albums I want of him. I haven't listened to him actively for 15 or 20 years. You know, um, I still love him. Uh, I love some of his old stuff, uh, Fields of Green. Um, Jillian Welch closed out with that at one one show of hers, and I loved it. Um, He, okay. I can understand how somebody who's never worked with him would like his music. Oh, I'm sorry. I don't know a thing about what he's like to work with. I suspect difficult. Well, he was oh, the best say- guitarist in Crosby, Stills, Nash & Young. Well, yeah, but which- that's like saying <laughs> that's like saying he was the best. Um, no, don't go there. Um, never mind. But uh, that's like saying I'm the best singer in the in 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 the house, and that's really a bad idea. Anyway, <laughs> no, he's he's his guitar playing is weird. Okay, so what happened? What happened is this: is that Robert Malone went on Joe Rogan's podcast. Okay, mm-hmm. Joe Rogan has a larger audience on Spotify than Tucker Carlson has on Fox News. No, he has a larger uh, audience on Spotify than uh, CNN, Fox, MSNBC, uh, and OAN combined. Yeah, he's combined. got a huge audience, okay? He's the, mm-hmm. the, the most popular. Million? Yeah, it's, it's a his, huge audience. His, right? his audience is as large as NPR's. And he reaches Whoa. a lot of young people. So, anyways, he 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 is he himself has been skeptical, expressed skepticism toward the uh, narrative about COVID vaccines. And he brought on Dr. Robert Malone to talk about mass formation psychosis, and that is what triggered uh, this war against Rogan. Okay, because here's the thing that the uh, elite can't stand you mm. calling out their propaganda for what it is. And that's what mm. in talking about mass formation psychosis, telling telling people why are people asking acting this way? Why 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 are they uh uh you know you, you've got people who are not uh, double vaxxed and boosted 
and still coming down with COVID. Yep. And yet they, they, they insist that everyone must get vaccinated. Right. Which right. makes and, no sense. Well, here I am boosted, not just double uh, shot, but boosted mm-hmm. and naturally immune. And they want me to wear a mask. Uh, it's crazy. My my daughter, uh, who came to visit us uh, last week, uh, my daughter is, uh, God bless her, a liberal. I don't know. I failed as a parent, whatever. But what anyway, did you name it's her? Age. It's the age. Look it over it. <laughs> Anyways, my, my daughter was up visiting us with the grandchildren, and, and she explained that that she is a liberal living in DeSantis's Florida. Okay, she is unvaccinated but naturally immune because she, you know, she had the COVID last year, mm-hmm. and and you know recovered fine and everything, but you know the thing is that a lot of young women of childbearing age don't mm-hmm. want to take the vaccine. They're they're yep. worried about the possibility of side effects, and who can blame them, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and. And, and but but the people who are just in what uh, Darren Beatty calls the uh, uh, vaccine cult, uh, the mm-hmm. vaccine cult just have this idea that even though they themselves are vaccinated, boosted, masked, the fact that you were unvaccinated somehow poses a threat to them. But if the no. vaccine protects you, how? Uh, you're protected, right? Well not, right. Only that, well, not only that, but if the vaccine doesn't protect you, why would you bother to vaccinate someone else? It yeah. makes no sense. Okay. Well, None look, of it makes any sense. But, but that's so, you know. We're we less t- popular than uh, Joe Rogan. I, 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 I just wanted to yeah. let okay. you know. On the other hand, uh, I did participate. I'm good with that. I did participate with on Thursday with the uh, with Everybody blog. And uh, I, I wrote that, you know, I suspect that most of the gentle readers of Hogwash uh, are aware of, of the, the kinds of censorship that have been de- deployed against raising questions or objections about some of the alleged public health measures imposed. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, at least some of them at the, on the front end were well-intentioned. Uh, and some of them, though, have been the results of petty tyrants trying to hang on to mm-hmm. control. And most of them that I'm running into these days, though, are just virtue signaling. Oh. Uh, and but uh, and so I took the opportunity to point, laugh, and mock at uh, the virtue signaling from, from Neil Young this week. But Oh, yeah. Um, I didn't get into... <clears throat> I didn't get into uh, talking about a definition of mass formation... Uh, theory myself, uh, mm-hmm. because th- really that's outside my area of expertise. And I've got mm-hmm. a bunch of areas of expertise, but that ain't one of them. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, it, and in spite of our experience over the last couple of years, there are times when you really should pay attention to the experts. Uh, but I want to talk about this idea that uh, people think that COVID uh, policy critics are somehow anti-science. Nope. Uh, and I'll I'll start that many of us who are critics do science for a living, and it's the scientific method that underlies our questioning of that policy. 
Mm-hmm. When you do an experiment and you get the wrong result or the unexpected results, the scientific method points you in the direction of trying a different approach mm-hmm. and continuing to uh, use something that is shown to be incorrect <laughs> and ineffective and doing it again and again <laughs> is crazy. It is. And, and as, as I think you've noted Stacy, crazy people are dangerous. Yes, mm-hmm. yes, many. Meanwhile, times. we'll know, get to that later in the show. But mean, but, but but meanwhile, you know, as your daughter is, was saying, Florida has been free for a year. Masks mm-hmm. have come off of school children this week in the UK. Yes, uh, and there are even free counties in Maryland uh, where you can live essentially mask free. So it could be that the body politic is getting over uh, its psychotic episode. Um, well, the thing is, is that that um, uh, I saw a meme. Speaking of memes, I, I just saw a meme online, and and it's one guy is talking to a, another guy. The other guy is wearing a mask, okay, and he's looking at his phone, and the guy is saying to him, the media is brainwashing you. And the guy looking at his phone says, that's not true. And then it shows what it says on his phone, MSM, that's not true. You know, in other words, in other words, and we're in, we're in this feedback loop and people don't, I think part of the problem is, is that, is that people, you remember when they took, analogies of the SAT test. Do you yeah, remember this? No, Why so... on earth did they do that? But and, okay, yeah, go. I, it's well, because I'll people tell you, with no, weak minds I'll, can't think. I'll tell you exactly why. Uh, the SAT correlates exceedingly well IQ, with IQ scores. Right. Uh, or those, it did. <laughs> no, well, uh, no, and that's, and that's why they have weakened it. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. it, it, it sorts people based essentially on IQ. I, I, you um, know, I, I was, I, I, I've always tested well, right? Okay, mm. uh, I'll put it to you that way. Uh, my grades in school were lousy, but I tested well. Uh, <laughs> I'm and, and, glad I'm somebody else off. got I, that. I, I'm a habitual goof off. But the, but the, but the thing is, is that um, thinking in terms of analogies is about categories. Okay, Mm -hmm. the mind is a sorting machine. It sorts information, black, white, day, night, up, down. We we tend to think in binary terms and to sort Mm -hmm. things Mm -hmm. out according to is this A? If it's not A, is it B? Okay, and and so that way of thinking that which is very basic to the thing is it learning to apply that binary thinking, well, what are we being taught? Oh, we're teaching critical thinking skills. I remember when, they, when mm. the schools back in the 90s said, we've got to teach critical thinking. So, no. they, so they stopped doing it. No, yeah, no, no. What basically. They were, what they were doing, but, but to teach critical thinking first requires that the student have in his mind committed to memory a sufficient quality quantity of facts okay that that if you the the problem with it, it, what they were seeing were you know 
gee, why can't some students think critically? They don't know mm. enough facts. Okay, teaching them skills isn't the problem. It's a deficit of knowledge that is the problem. And old-fashioned way are always better. Okay, I'm well, telling not, you, not 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 necessarily. You're 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 right with within a, a, a fairly narrow band there. Uh, it's not just raw facts, but it's facts that ha can be categorized. Okay. Okay. It's being able to use the facts. I mean, <laughs> granted, I'm 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 a repository of useless information, but uh, yes, but it's not useless, Diana. But, There's but, no but, such but, thing as useless trivia. Well, but but but, but here's the thing: is that okay? It, I could I could be aware of the batting averages of the. Uh, entire roster of the NF uh, uh, of the National League in 1953. <laughs> uh, 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 those facts would be useless unless I had some way to sort and compare them with, in mm -hmm. other ways. And so, the critical where the critical thinking comes is: okay, now we have these facts. Now mm -hmm. we can uh, use uh, analogy and other uh, means uh, of thought processes mm -hmm. to. Uh, expand your the facts into knowledge mm -hmm. uh, and, and well that's my favorite my favorite example of that um in terms of just strange stuff that you know and if you feed it in it actually is useful um and it's good for everybody to do this i mean i really believe that there is no useless knowledge even though i feel i sometimes feel like um i know more things that are of no use to any living human that can actually be quantified. Um, one time I'm talking to a science fiction author and his, he's, we're sitting at dinner and he says, well, you know, I've got this idea and I've got this uh, remnant population. Um, they are the descendants of the Varangian guard, but they're in Georgia, uh, not Georgia, United States, the country of Georgia, often uh, Eastern Europe in the Caucasus. And he says, I can't figure out how to get them there. And I just looked at him for a moment and I said, Trebizond. He looked at me blankly and I said, the last emperor, uh, the Byzantine emperor of Trebizond's mother was a Georgian princess. Blink, blink, blink. Anyway, this okay. is. Yes. That's, that's, that, that, that's the way, that's the way to do that sort of thing. But you see, there are all sorts of facts that mm -hmm. uh, get presented in the world. And then sometimes we need other people then to help us sort through them. Mm -hmm. And Stacy has been known to do that on his blog. And if you'd like to support Stacy in that work, I'm Ooh. going to ask him to tell you about a yellow button. Uh, folks, if you will go to my blog, theothermccain.com. Uh, on your web browser, by the way, it doesn't work this way on, on your the mobile app. But if you go to the top, uh, near the top of the blog in the center column, there is a yellow button with the word donate on it. If you will click the yellow button, it'll take you to my PayPal account where you can contribute to the support of the blog, to the support of the podcast, and also mainly to keep my wife happy because money makes my wife happy and she likes it when I get paid uh, to do things. And so uh, that funding uh, is, is very helpful 
in terms of keeping my wife happy. And by the way, just mentioning it, um, uh, that, that I'm taking John out to dinner when the podcast is over and I'm buying this week. So, oh, good. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so when you hit the tip jar, that's the kind of excellent work uh, that you're supporting. Meanwhile, over at my good friend, John Hogue's blog, hogwash.com. I just scroll down to the bottom of my the mobile version of my site. And when you scroll down past other posts, you'll come to the shameless commerce thing that has the uh, tip jar icon. Click on that and then you can be taken off to my PayPal account. It's in the sidebar on the uh, 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 web browser version. Uh, there's also a, uh, if you scroll down a little bit more, a yet more shameless commerce uh, with a button that's got a picture of a hogwash team Lickspittal hat. You click on that, you go over to the hogwash story. You can spend all sorts of uh, your hard-earned money helping to support the blog, buying uh, trinkets there. Or you can uh, use the shop Amazon link, and there's various Amazon shopping links at hogwash and at the other McCain. Uh, we both participate in the Amazon Affiliates Program. We get a little cut of the action when you use those uh, approved links. Uh, and we appreciate the support that way as well, regardless of how you choose to support us. Please remember the five most important words in the English language. Hit the freaking tip jar. Indeed. Now, you know, we haven't completely exhausted the subject of the woo flu, uh, even, <laughs> even though we got to the, the mass uh, uh, formation psychosis about it. I had uh, earlier in the week a, uh, a, a headline breaking Biden administration to obey the law. Yeah, right. Well, no, uh, they uh, basically on the 26th posted uh, to the uh, Federal Register uh, a uh, notice from the Department of Labor, Labor Occupational Safety and Health Administration saying that they were going to withdraw the vaccine mandate. Mm-hmm. Sure uh, they are. No, that, that it will now disappear automatically unless somebody does something. Yeah, yeah, uh, uh, they're going to comply with what the Supreme Court told them. And the whole point, you understand, of them implementing this through OSHA, right, so that they could claim that what they did stopped the virus, okay? And they knew damned well, they knew when they did it, that they didn't have the authority to do this. And, yep. it, and it had to but, be argued all the way up to the Supreme Court before they found out, uh, before they would finally admit it and take it away. Biden actually admitted when, they, uh, when he announced that it, they were going to do it that they didn't have the authority, but they were going to do it anyway. Right, right, right. I mean, and it's the lawlessness, the absolute disregard for the Constitution. You know, I mean, what he takes an oath the president does to uphold the constitution and the, um, and the, uh, and he manifestly failed to do it, but they did it, you see, so that they could claim credit for ridding the country of the virus. Oh, but wait, the virus is still here. It's gone from pandemic to endemic. It's everywhere. That's exactly what happened. And it doesn't matter what, Biden says, or Rogan says, or 
what on this uh, outlet or anything else, the virus going to do, the virus going to virus, and that's it. The virus is going to virus. You are so right. Uh, so I then, uh, poking a little bit more fun uh, at <laughs> uh, the week's thing, had a, uh, a post uh, uh, titled, Not Found on Spotify, and it is a, uh, a four-panel uh, picture that has Bing, a... Uh, Scotch Distillery, a 1954 Ambassador, and Carl Jung. So it's labeled Crosby, Stills, Nash, and Jung. <laughs> oh, oh, that is just bad. That's it. it, it that you, was your good. appetite for for bad puns is. But it is was just... fun. <laughs> okay. Well, granted, but, you have to be reasonably educated to appreciate it, but okay. Well, either that or old enough to remember a, a 1954 Nash ambassador. Oh my god! Hun, I wouldn't. Rem I I'm sorry. Nash anything is sort of a loss to me. Well, sorry, oh, car. But well, at least, but at least you got the fact. Oh, it's an old car. Yes. Well, I well did. today, uh, uh, our our friend. Uh, Iowa Hawk uh, was oh. on was on a, a kick about Studebaker. They actually had some very nice looking cars. Oh, back uh, in the yes, day. my my grandmother had a fifty three like like he had. My uh, uh, father in law had an Avanti. Yeah, and uh, my my uh, they were great cars. My my other grand my grandfather, the other side of the family, uh, uh, bought. A, after he learned to drive in a used Model A, bought a 39 Studebaker. Uh -huh. Then he bought a 49 Studebaker. Mm -hmm. Then he bought a 59 Studebaker Lark. And boy, was he upset in 69. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, you know, by the way, uh, the thing about uh, uh, when, uh, when we were kids, and I want to say it must have been around 66, 67, somewhere in there, my mom got an old Nash Rambler. Ooh. And the great thing about the Nash Those Rambler. Well, if it was a Nash Rambler, yeah, that's 58 or earlier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She got a used Nash Rambler. And uh, I forget, you know, my dad was always on to these used cars. He, he, was a, he was a natural born used car. Flathead six. He was, anyways, but he got this... Uh, Nash and the thing about the Nash Rambler is it was the first car with drop back seats. Cool. <laughs> so, oh, yeah. Well, it was no, every no. teenager's favorite makeout mobile. Oh, well, uh, no, my father had a my father had a 62 American Motors Rambler. AMC Rambler. Well, they just Oh, it must have maybe it was AMC. Well, oh, I'm sorry. But but, but, but anyway. this was this is 62 and you knew that you, the, the way I knew uh, that the the girls' fathers trusted me as they let me take their daughters on dates. <laughs> and the old Rambler yeah. would drop back seats. Oh, yeah, made a bed. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, they advertised it that way. Back in the day. Wow, we're, 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 we're bringing the golden oldies. Well, oh, yes. Yeah. But meanwhile, uh, I want to talk about uh, our betters, the elites, uh, and uh, the the. The thing they did that got, or one of them did that got under my, uh, the burr under my saddle this week was, mm. you, you know about the truckers in Canada. Oh, yes. Yes, I do. And there, we got a convoy rolling. Well, there is a, uh, yesterday's uh, cartoon, a, a political cartoon in uh, the Washington yeah. Post 
uh, was a couple of lanes of uh, trucks, and they're all labeled fascism, and supply chain is yeah. is the uh, caption. Uh, so I put uh, I put mm-hmm. my usual WAPO uh, caption on that: "Democracy dies in darkness." Yeah. Okay. True. Uh, but and it, that is just that is so bad. Well, yeah, but it, our our liberal elites have this thing about. But it's the opposite of fascism. Yep. It, it is an upright, a populist uprising of the masses. How you can call that fascism? You don't know anything. You don't. I mean, it it is contrary to the Stacey, damn definition. Fascism of was popular in Germany and in Italy. And if yes. you didn't like it, they'd beat the crap out of you. Anyway, at least early on. Well, uh, it, it did it did pretty well in Argentina and Spain and some other countries. Very as well. well. But uh, but just because okay, just because something is counterfactual doesn't have anything to do with uh, uh, how the liberal elites will uh, uh, treat mm-hmm. it, or they'll take facts and twist them, misuse them, and then or <laughs> or actually speak them truthfully and then recant. Aha, aha, aha. That is my cue. Yes, I'm I'm being beaten over the head with it here. I did a post, and it's uh, currently at the top of the blog, uh, if you're listening. And it's an excellent article, by the way. Although it's about I, 2000 Although, although it, it, it needs some minor editorial corrections, but I, we'll get to that in a minute. Oh, have I got mm-hmm. typos in there? No, you have uh, uh, stuff that's just flat out wrong. Mm-hmm. Oh, a my things, God. But don't worry oh, about oh, it. Oh, Mr. Science <laughs> is going to lecture me about Darwin. Oh, God. No, I'm, actually, no, I'm not. Anyways, I'm well, lecture, meanwhile, back at the I'm going to lecture you about theology. Meanwhile, yes. back at the ranch. I was uh, wondering if you were. Uh, William Salatin, if you don't know who William mm-hmm. Salatin is, he is a, uh, for, for 25 years, has been a columnist uh, mm-hmm. for Slate.com. And I, do, I, I spell it out, Slate.com, because if you actually put the dot in there, it'll give you a live link to it. And I don't want to oh. s- be sending them any traffic. But if you forgotten what slate was if you're you know younger than me you may have never known but it, it, when the internet was new i'm so old i remember michael kingsley with his slate right exactly <laughs> oh, michael oh kingsley let me tell you michael kingsley was the um liberal base <laughs> on crossfire Opposite of various right wingers over the years. Well, he also Bob Novak. He, he was also the liberal fall guy for William F. Buckley for several years on fire. Yeah, yeah. And, and Michael Kinsley, a a, a a a liberal of the uh, uh, the hapless Michael Kinsley, a a, a complete uh, liberal. <laughs> a, 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 anyways, Michael Kinsley. Uh, was chosen as the editor for the first, what, as far as I know, the first online magazine about politics. Mm-hmm. And this was in 1994, I believe it was. Mm-hmm. And I remember when Slate was new and the internet was, you know, I mean, this was back when you would get an AOL disc in a in a box of cereal. Well, this, th- is- th- well, this <laughs> was back when Town Hall was affiliated with National Review, 
and mm-hmm. before uh, Heritage took it over, and before then Salem took it over from there. It's way we're 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 talking about the days of dial-up modems, my friends. Uh, way back in the dark ages. Uh, oh, two the, po- yeah, uh, twenty-four hundred baud dial-up. Oh yeah, it was oh, it was Lord. just crazy. But that was but anyways, ago. but uh, as we speak of the Stone Age, of uh, of the Internet Age. But anyways, uh, um. Microsoft was the original owner of Slate.com, and they later sold it to the former owners of the Washington Post, the Graham Group, it's called, I believe. Mm-hmm. Anyways, uh, bought it, uh, and this when they still own the Washington Post. Well, they sold the Post to Amazon guy, um, Bezos, Mm-hmm. And so, but they kept Slate. Apparently, he didn't want any damn thing to do with Slate. Uh, uh, did Bezos? <laughs> well, not so, only not only that, they had to unload uh, Newsweek separately. Oh yeah. Oh oh, they sold that to. Uh, uh, they sold it somebody's to my, husband. Uh, uh, they sold it to Sidney Herman. Right. Jane's uh, husband. Uh, and mm-hmm. uh, I used to work for Sydney Herman yeah. International. Like if you mm-hmm. remember Herman Cardon, well, he also. I do indeed. He also owned JBL. I was vice president of JBL. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and Sydney. Sydney. More than any two people in the world I've ever met, Sydney is the best person at two things: making money uh-huh. and making enemies. <laughs> mm. Well, meanwhile, okay. So we've given you the history of Slate. William Salatin was one of their first hires, and became a columnist there. Well. Uh, he wrote his farewell column this week. He's apparently leaving Slate.com. Um, he must and, be about 75. I'm no, not he's surprised. 57. He's, what? He's, I, I, I hate this man. He's younger than me. Yeah, yeah, he was. I think he was in his early thirties when he huh. when he joined them, and uh, fresh out of oh, what is that, Swarthmore. Okay. Swarthmore. Yeah. Yeah. He's what kind of people from Texas send their kids to Swarthmore? You know, I mean, God. Uh, Swarthmore is a women's co- women's college. No, uh, it's most not. Of the guys- it's a men's college. It's the, the Swarthmore? It's Bryn Mawr. Oh, I'm the, sorry. Is yeah. the women's Cross college up. in yeah. Philadelphia. My apologies. All yeah. in all, I'd rather be in Philadelphia. I believe this uh-huh. WC Fields. Meanwhile, let me get back to what I was talking about. Yes. Anyways, so in Salatin's farewell column at Slate, I focused in on this one paragraph, which is not too long. I'll read it to you in its entirety. Quote, my worst mistake was in 2007 when I wrote about race and IQ. To this day, the subject makes me feel almost physically ill. In addition to a basic scientific error, you can't use data about the heritability of traits within a population to draw inferences between populations. I was spectacularly obtuse to the social context in which I was writing. I thought statistical averages within groups should make no difference in how individuals are perceived. Mm. And it would be lovely if we lived in that world, but we don't. And there he moves on. But, and, and, and this is where, you know, he falls uh, against the same sort of problem that everybody's had with Charles Murray and with Jordan Peterson, you know, mm. people on the average, 
are average. Right. But yeah. but within different subgroups of everyone, different subgroups may have different averages. Let me give you a for instance. Uh, on the average, any random person you pick will statistically likely be average for some measurable trait. Let's take average height. No, let's take agreeableness. That's something that that is a psychological thing that uh, they can actually sort for. Okay. Women let, are going to be more agreeable than men. Well, on average, any on person, average. any person on average, um, uh, you know, will will have will you know the, the broad population will have this average score. But you're right. If I have a hundred women and a hundred mm -hmm. men, the odds mm -hmm. are sixty percent percent of the women will be a, a, a somewhat above average on agreeableness, and forty yes. percent of the men will. And mm -hmm. if and then if I do uh, things that are related to uh, uh, relating to things instead of people, uh, it'll it'll flip. And mm -hmm. if you yeah. if you randomly sort people without any extra stuff, you mm -hmm. know, just let people go and do what they want to do. You'll see what happens in uh, in relatively allegedly quote gender neutral and uh, quote uh, societies like mm -hmm. Sweden. More men are engineers than women, and more women mm -hmm. are nurses than men. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, that's the sort of thing we're talking about here, you know, within, within, you know, within, within large groups, different subgroups are different. Anyway. Um, but that, that, but that, that doesn't fit the narrative. Uh, oh, here's no. the, here's the thing is that what happened it and what it, it just, it, if you go back, what he's writing about here. In repudiating his writings about race and IQ, he wrote a column which was widely discussed at the time called mm -hmm. liberal creationism. And he was making mm -hmm. an analogy saying that egalitarianism, for lack of a better word, egalitarianism is a religion to mm -hmm. the liberal. Okay. The idea that there are no real differences between people. Okay, that we're all the same. Well, we're not all we're the not. same. And it You mean I'm not as good as Magic Johnson at basketball? I would hope I would not suspect suspect so, John. Uh, for, for instance, uh, let's just talk about a group of people, okay? A group of people is that is that uh engineers, okay? This is one group of people. Uh engineers are well, honestly, they're generally boring people. Yes, we are. <laughs> okay. Uh, okay. Most people cannot figure us out at all. And, and, mm -hmm. and I, I want to, I want to say that that the tedium, the sheer tedium, of enduring this for an entire hour every week <laughs> is, is, you know, and, and and oftentimes, oftentimes, one will find that engineers lack the self awareness of how boring they really are. And so as a naturally exciting person, okay, I, I, I find it hard to explain to him. You're just not excited because you're an engineer. You know, you're there's good a at sending robots into space. 
But this entertaining stuff, that's just not your thing. But anyways, no, no. You see how a stereotype about a group, okay, mm -hmm. comes up. And one of the, here's one of my problems. We have, people have problems, okay? <laughs> there is, okay, when you're talking about someone's aptitude for a particular mm -hmm. career, a, a particular vocational field, one of the important things to understand is it's not just about how smart you are, your, your raw IQ or, or what you scored on some test somewhere. No, it may be conscientiousness. It's also about temperament. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. And you mentioned conscientiousness. Are you a mm -hmm. rule follower? Are you neurotic? Are you open uh, to new ideas? Are you agreeable? Are you, yeah, things, traits. My like God, that, are you talking about women? <laughs> certain, certain temperaments, okay, are more suitable to, to certain kinds of jobs that, um, and if you, if you, no matter how intelligent you are, if your mm -hmm. personality traits don't fit within the job, it's not going to work out. Now, uh, to, part of my problem, and I, I talk about my problem, I'm impulsive. Okay. Generally speaking, okay. Generally speaking, mm -hmm. highly intelligent people are not impulsive. Okay. Mm -hmm. Impulsiveness is a trait more associated with low IQ. Now, and so I have this one low IQ trait uh, that is I'm a reckless gambler. Okay. When I, when I gamble, what? I don't, I, you know, I, I, I'm a reckless driver. I like to play with fireworks. I have this appetite for risk. Uh, okay? That's a, that, that, that skews on certain personality types. It, it doesn't have to do with IQ. It's a personality type. Well, well, Never it mind. also Go. has to, it also has to do it, it has been linked to certain hormonal things, okay? that I'm a high testosterone person. My, my, uh, right, but, but, okay. beard tells us all. Anyway, I, I, I don't want, look, I don't want to say anything, but I'm just telling you is that there are certain differences between people, okay, and groups, okay? The, what if you, all of this goes back to, and, and the whole controversy goes back to the 1994 book, The Bell Curve, by Richard mm -hmm. Ernstein and Charles Murray. And here's, and here's where I kind of throw cold water on a lot of the arguments against it. And it's based on my experience uh, as uh, an engineer working at a fairly high level in the profession. And I can tell you right now that, the representation of Asian engineers mm -hmm. at the very highest level of engineering is way out of proportion yep. to their uh, uh, where they're standing in the population. Okay, and I can tell you that that's also uh, tr uh, it, I can also tell you that it that Hispanics are are uh, underrepresented at that level of engineering, but I can also tell you. Uh, that two of the best engineers I work with, one's Hispanic and the other's black. Mm -hmm. Okay. So any individual person may be, uh, uh, may be outside of the norm for that sort of stuff. And that's the reason why we have to treat individuals as individuals, because yes. 
it may be that that Asian guy really isn't uh, up to uh, the standards that you would expect. Uh, you notice well, the way I phrase that. Well, it, 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 the, the, as I said, the 1994 controversy over um, the bell curve was essentially fallacious. Okay. Mm -hmm. If you actually take time to read the book, okay, I've mm -hmm. said that the most important part of the book, the, the thing that really, uh, you know, was important to me was the first part of the book where they talk about the way over the course of the 20th century, the sorting process, the, the um, uh, free education for all, uh, uh, access, uh, 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 federal funding for access to higher education, to the college G education. The GI Bill especially. First mm -hmm. the GI Bill, but then, then on forward. And, and beyond that, okay, is, is standardized testing, okay? And so at the start of the 20th century in 1900, uh, Harvard was essentially a school for the children of the New England elite. Okay, mm -hmm. most the vast majority of the students at Harvard came from New England, mm -hmm. and they came from wealthy and socially prominent families. Mm -hmm. uh, if you were uh, a working class kid or, or even a middle class kid. Uh, if you didn't go to Groton or, or one of these uh, uh, snob shop little you know prep academies, um, <laughs> your hope for going to college was was someplace like uh, uh, City College in New York or, or someplace mm. like that. Uh, you did not go. Most people did not go to college at the time, and there was no expectation that you would. Uh, it was a college, a university in that day was for 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 uh, the majority of undergrads simply a finishing school for young gentlemen who would follow, go to work in the become junior vice presidents of their father's company upon graduation. It just was not mm -hmm. what it is now. Mm -hmm. The meritocracy and standardized testing took hold, and the. Ivy League schools and other elite private institutions began to recruit nationwide. This was uh, in the 50s and 60s. And this is how Ted Kaczynski ended up at Harvard. That's how I almost ended up at Yale. Right. I went right. to Vanderbilt instead. Right, right, right. Mm -hmm. And uh, but the but the point being that if you uh, you've got to first understand what has changed in society over the past hundred years, especially in terms of widespread standardized testing? Well, but you also have to understand uh, in terms of what's happening. Uh, you had a bunch of people become schooled, but not educated. Uh. Okay. They're certificated, but... Uh -huh not trained credentialism yeah uh, credentialed but 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 there's but, a lot of that but there's a lot of it and but there's a lot of just because i'm uh i happen to be uh reasonably well educated in one area i can then <laughs> uh, 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 take my expertise and and argue 
in in some other field where I don't belong. Now this is this there's is a not lot this, of that. Well, there's been that's we call it academics that fell off the roof. That's the well, definition of an intellectual. Well, but well, but but you had the same thing happening. Uh, uh, you've had it happening throughout the fact that uh, your history. You've had. Uh, uh, theologians arguing with scientists, uh, with Galileo, for example. And, and that's the problem is you have people who have a reasonable amount of expertise and, and, and learning and experience in one field thinking that it transfers even though they don't have the training necessarily to, to, to do that. Uh, mm-hmm. in, in a field, you know, and this is one of the things where, you know, I'm, I'm kind of – you have the, this this tension that has been going on, well, particularly for the last two hundred years between science and theology. And, you know, and it's, it's like here I am. I'm somebody who's actually trained in both areas, mm-hmm. and I, I, you know what I see is people uh, going to science and asking a question that science doesn't about something science doesn't even deal with, or asking theology right. a question that the theology doesn't deal with you know Mm -hmm. if if this god person is who he says he is then we really need to take what he says seriously yes and that and stop telling god what to do well well or or what he could have done or could do and and here's the thing there are things that god has explicitly told us uh through revelation and we have uh, uh, the scriptures for that, but he's left his fingerprints on his creation as well. And if you ignore what he's left behind there, it's not going to work out for you. If you think you can suspend the laws of gravity, (laughs) you're going to get into trouble. And so you really need to take what God has said seriously, not only uh, about the theological uh, aspects of our existence, but also about the practical scientific. Uh, mm-hmm. And if you want to get into, uh, you know, res- researching that point of view, uh, if you go over to Hogwash, the menu bar up at the top has got a thing called Science in the Bible, and it's got the drafts. It's got a series of essays uh, that are drafts of the chapters of a book I'm working on. And, mm-hmm. you know, Click on there and read it, and you can make comments and tell me how wrong I am. I'm somewhere uh-huh. down in the red range. I'm 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 somewhere. I, I'm more fundamentalist than Jimmy Swaggart, I believe. But well, okay, uh, well, well, and, and, but, hey, hey, hey. But I never uh, don't uh, the other problems that Mister Swaggart had. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't I don't want to get into that. That I, actually I, is an actually a hysterically funny story if you actually look at it. He would go to prostitutes. Not to have sex, but to confess his lustful sins, oh his God. lustful thoughts. Oh it's my God. so weird. I, oh, I kind of, my head aches. Oh, oh. I, I, I it, well, the, the main thing you've got to know is that Jimmy Swaggart, Mickey Gilly, and Jerry Lee Lewis were all cousins. Grew up in, yep. the, grew up in the same town and. It was Mickey Gilly that taught Jerry Lee Lewis how to play the piano. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, don't the girls all get prettier at closing time? Uh, yep. I don't, 
<laughs> that's a that was a great Mickey Gill. That's a line. great line. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, so anyway, uh, what uh, Stacy and I are going to have to uh, go off and uh, discuss uh, theology. Uh, I'll get him a beer. I'll no, get him a no, beer no. to get started. Uh, remember what I was telling you about this boring thing. <laughs> <laughs> See, it's theology is not boring. It's actually quite an exciting subject. No, no, no. Well, no. look, St look Stacy. Basically, I can tell you everything uh, you need to know. Uh, I already know it, it, everything. No, there, I need there, to know. It's there, been a long time since. I there, 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 there are two things here. First of all, <sighs> the most important verse in the Bible is Genesis one one. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The whole rest of it's commentary on that. That, that, that's an explanation of uh, who he is and who we ain't. And, uh -huh. then, and then going to the end of the book, everything you need to know is summarized uh, by a friend of uh, mine uh, th uh, this way. Uh, Revelations is summarized. God wins. Yeah. You have to pick a side. Uh. Don't be stupid. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, we're uh, you know the because the, it would that would be an exceedingly crazy thing to do, Stacy. Yeah, mm -hmm. and yeah. as you we know, know by the way, uh, my final commentary on that is if you'll go back and read what I wrote about liberal creationism revisited, it ended with the two-word phrase from Latin, "Deo vindice," and you can uh, uh, God defend the right. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, you can Google that phrase, and as a matter of fact, I was looking around on Amazon, and you can actually get a uh, a, a a stamp a stamp embossing thing mm -hmm. for the seal that includes the phrase "Deo vindice." Mm -hmm. February twenty second. Yeah, but see, that's one of the, the engineer's point of view is we just looked at the answers in the back of the book. <laughs> okay. Well, anyways, crazy people are dangerous. And in this yes. week's episode of Crazy People Are Dangerous, we take you to Georgia, where Zachary. This is Georgia in the United States, not in the caucus. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 24-year-old Zachary Lucas Olivar of Snellville, Georgia. I, I know where Snellville is. I've been to Snellville. A, has a history of mental illness, in quote. And B, shot a sheriff's deputy in Jones County. Now, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now, uh, here's the question that I bring up. Why do we never hear about people's struggles with mental illness until after they shoot a cop? Right, because or it's not interesting till cop. then. <laughs> right, right. In other words, is it you know somebody gets shot by a cop and and the and, it, and the family is on TV? Well, he was in a he was having a mental health crisis, and it's like why wasn't he in the loony bin? Now, now this is a very interesting story of Zachary Lucas Olivar. He was in Jones County, which is about seventy miles south of Gwinnett County which is where mm -hmm. Snellville is. I don't know why he was down there either, um, but he was on uh, State Route 11 between Brown Oak and Wayside. And when I looked that up, okay, State Route 11 is a two-lane road, and the only thing on that road of, of any significance is the Otis Redding Big, Big O, o Ranch. Ranch. 
Yes, the Otis Redding Big Old Ranch. Have you, old as me, you know who Otis Redding was. I know who he was. But, if, but, but I was just figuring, was this guy a, a, an R&B fan or something? Why, why did, but this incident that I'm about to describe to you happened on this road right in front of the uh, Otis Redding Ranch down there. Well, anyways, so this crazy guy gets down there and they pull him over and, and there's video online. Okay, he puts his hand out the window and the deputy, who, by the way, was listening to the Carter family sing Singing Wildwood, Wildwood Flower. They yes. were singing the Wildwood Flower on his radio down there in Jones County, Georgia. But anyways, deputy just like, you know, so he, the deputy says, step out of the car. And the guy says, this is my home, sir. This is my home. <laughs> and for about four minutes, this guy, sir, I'm going to have to ask you to step out of the car. And this guy's obviously deranged. Okay. Mm -hmm. I, I don't know. Uh, but anyways, and um, four minutes into this, uh, the deputy goes, what you got there? And at that point, the guy pulls a gun and shoots the deputy point blank in the chest. Fortunately, the deputy was wearing a bulletproof vest. Okay, mm -hmm. but still getting hit with a bullet in your chest, even with a bulletproof vest. I think. Well, anyways. Much so, bad language was used in that video. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, the, anyways, the uh, deputies chased him down and, and managed to get him locked up. But the uh, sheriff said families are struggling to get help for loved ones with mental health issues. However, it seems all too often that these individuals fall through the cracks. And yep. so, but this guy was this close to being a suicide by cop. And Mm -hmm. All I got to do is saying there's a big difference between regular crazy and shoot a cop crazy. Cop crazy. Yeah, and crazy mm -hmm. people are dangerous. Crazy people are dangerous. Yeah. And folks, uh, uh, you've heard the boogie woogie in the background, which means it's time for us to uh, get out of here. And so we will be back next week live, 7 p.m. on Saturday night. See you then, Diana. See you then. Good night, Stacy. All right, y'all. Take care. Thank <laughs> you.